ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد تلذن ويران لتفسير الصوره الليل ذات اسوا الله سبحانه وتعالى سد والليل اذا يغشى والنهار اذا تجلى وما خلق الذكر والانثى ان سعيكم لشتى فاما من اعطى واتقى وصدق بالحسنى فسنيسره لليسرى واما من بخل واستغنى وكذب بالحسنى فسنيسره للعسرى وما يغني عنه ماله اذا تردى so here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions wal-layli idha yaghsha by the night as it envelops meaning as it covers wal-nahari idha tajalla by and by the day as it appears in brightness by the day it appears in its brightness and wama khalaqa adh-dhakara wal untha and by him who created male and female inna sa'iyakum lashatta certainly your efforts and deeds are diverse فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى as for him who gives in charity and keeps his duty to Allah and fears him وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى and believes in الْحُسْنَى فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْيُسْرَى we will make smooth for him the path of ease of goodness wa amma man bakhila wastaghna but he who is greedy miser and thinks himself self sufficient wa kadhaba bil husna am bilais al husna fasanuyassiruhu lil usra we will make smooth for him the path for evil wama yughni anhu maluhu idha taradda and what will his wealth avail him when he goes down in destruction so here then in this chapter it begins wal layli idha yaghsha by the night as it envelops as it covers 
اقسم الله سبحانه وتعالى بالليل اذا يغشى يعني حين يغشى الارض ويغطيها بظلامه لان الغشاء بمعنى الغطاء so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by the night as it covers covers everything with its darkness and then straight after that nahari idha tajalla and by the day as it appears in its brightness ay idha zahara wa ban وذلك بطلوع الفجر الذي هو النور الذي هو مقدمه طلوع الشمس والشمس هي ايه النهار كما ان القمر ايه الليل so when the day it appears with its brightness and that is of course after the sunrise occurs and that is or there is a light Rather, when the dawn occurs, when the dawn occurs and that is where the light appears and that is something that occurs prior to the actual sunrise. And the sun is the sign of the day just as the moon is a sign of the night. So two things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by here at the beginning. Firstly, by the night, as it covers and envelops in its darkness. And then by the day, as it appears with its brightness. And of course, that occurs from the dawn, the true dawn occurring. That light beginning to appear prior to the sunrise and then the actual sunrise with all of its light. And so the sun is a sign from the day of the day and the moon is a sign from the night. Then Allah says, وَمَا خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنْثَى And by him who created male and female. So this is another oath that Allah takes. The third one. By him who created the male and female. يعني وخلق الذكر والأنثى على أحد التفسيرين الذي جعل ما هنا مصدرية والذي خلق الذكر والأنثى وهو الله عز وجل على التفسير الآخر. So here it depends on the Arabic grammar. As to how you will explain this particular ayah, it can either be and by the creation of the male and the female, or in reference to the creator of them, that it is him, Allah, who created the male and the female. فعلى المعنى الأول يكون الله سبحانه وتعالى أقسم بخلق الذكر والأنثى وعلى الثاني يكون الله تعالى أقسم بنفسه لأنه هو الذي خلق الذكر والأنثى So either you could say that the meaning of وما خلق الذكر والأنثى is and by taking an oath by the creation of the male and the female 
Or it could be taking an oath by the one who created the male and the female, and that is of course Allah Himself. So either it is an oath upon the creation of the male and female, or it is an oath that Allah takes upon Himself, the creator of the males and females. And then Allah says, after those oaths, three different oaths, then Allah says, Inna sa'iyakum la shatta. Certainly your deeds, your efforts are diverse. La shatta, that they are diverse, meaning they are different. All of you with different purposes and different efforts and different strivings. Everybody has diversity in what they are reaching for. So, يعني, uh, إِنَّ سَعْيَكُمْ لَشَتَّى يَعْنِي إِنَّ عَمَلَكُمْ لَشَتَّى هَيْلَ مُتَفَرِّقْ تَفَرِّقًا عَظِيمًا That indeed your actions are diverse. What you do, your deeds are diverse, are different. Different people doing different things and striving for different goals in their actions. So there's a large diversity and difference in the actions of the people. فالله عز وجل أقسم بأشياء متضادة على أشياء متضادة. So here you see that Allah subhanahu wa taala in the opening section took the oaths with affairs that contrast, that are opposites to each other by the night and by the day and by the male and the female al-layl ziddu al-nahar wal-dhakar ziddu al-untha as-sa'i mutawad salih wasayyih and also even your deeds and actions then there are two parts to that there are going to be righteous and good deeds that some do and there are going to be evil and bad deeds that others do. So there are three sets of opposites, you could say. The day and the night, the male and the female, the good deeds and the bad deeds. فَتَنَاسَبَ الْمُقْسَمْ بِهِ وَالْمُقْسِمْ عَلَيْهِ So there, in that case, there is a suitability and an appropriateness, a match between those two on either side, the darkness and the light and the male and the female and the good deeds and the bad deeds. And this is from the eloquence of the Qur'an that you see these opposites being mentioned here, multiple opposites in pairs. That is from the forms of the eloquence of the Qur'an. فالمعنى أن اختلاف الليل والنهار والذكر والأنثى أمر ظاهر لا يخفى فكذلك أعمال العباد متباينة متفاوتة منها الصالح ومنها الفاسد ومنها ما يخلط صالحا وفاسدا كل ذلك بتقدير الله عز وجل والله يهدي من يشاء إلى صراط مستقيم So the meaning here is that the night or the difference between the night and the day and between the male and the female 
They are clear and apparent affairs, clear and apparent differences. And likewise, the actions of the servants, they are clear and different. They are clear and different and varied. There are those that are upon righteousness and there are those that are upon evil. And there are those that are a mixture, deeds that are a mixture between goodness and badness, righteousness and evil. And all of that by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah guides whom he wills to the straight path. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarified to us these different pathways that people tread upon. These different pathways, these diverse pathways that people tread upon. And so Allah mentioned, فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى That as for him who gives in charity and keeps his duty to Allah and fears him, وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى and believes in Al-Husna, Then for him we will make his path smooth in ease and goodness. So here then, That the one who gives, Meaning gives in terms of what he has been commanded to give from. In terms of his wealth or from his status or from his knowledge. He gives for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he fears Allah. He fears Allah is upon piety. That he protects himself and safeguards himself, has piety and fear of Allah with regards to the haram and staying away from those things. And then it mentions also on top of that characteristic, that he also believes in al-husna. And that means that he believed in the right, the good statement, the correct statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he believed in al-husna. Then that is what has come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the speech of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He believes in that. لِأَنَّ أَصْدَقَ الْكَلَامُ وَأَحْسَنُ الْكَلَامُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ عِزَّ وَجَلُ Because the most truthful of speech and the best of speech is the speech of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Saddaqa bil husna, that he believes in the speech of Allah, 
and of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then Allah says regarding the one who is upon those characteristics, the one who gives from what Allah has bestowed him with and keeps his duty to Allah and fears him and believes in the speech of Allah, believes in the speech of the messenger, then for him, فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْيُسْرَى That we will make smooth for him the path of ease and goodness. السين هنا للتحقيق أي أن من أعطى واتقى وصدق بالحسن فسيسره الله عز وجل لليسرى في أموره كلها في أمور دينه ودنياه. And the seen in this particular word فسنيسره لليسرى the scene indicates the actualization of that, that it will certainly occur. The one who gives and has piety and believes in the speech of Allah and the Messenger, then certainly Allah will make his pathway easy, his pathway in terms of his religious affairs, in terms of his worldly affairs, then his pathway will be made easy for him. وَلِهَذَا تَجِدُ أَيْسَرَ النَّاسِ عَمَلًا هُوَ مَنِ اتَّقَ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلَ And that's why you find that the people who have the greatest ease in their affairs, the greatest facilitation in their affairs, are the ones who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى The ones who give and uphold their duty to Allah and they fear Him and they believe in what He said and the Messenger said. They are the ones who you find their affairs are made with a great deal of ease for them, their worldly matters and their religious matters. وَكُلَّمَا كَانَ الْإِنسَانُ أَتْقَى لِلَّهِ كَانَتْ أُمُورُهُ أَيْسَرَ لَهِ And the more a person fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the easier his affairs are made for him. As Allah said in the Qur'an, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ يُسْرًا That whomsoever fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah will make from his affairs ease for him, facilitate his affairs for him. وَكُلَّمَا كَانَ الْإِنسَانُ أَبْعَدْ عَنِ اللَّهِ كَانَ أَشَدْ عُسْرًا فِي أُمُورِهِ And the greater a person is distanced from Allah, the greater a person lacks taqwa, then the more difficulty he will find in his affairs the more complication he will find in his affairs, in his life. And that's why Allah said then, وَأَمَّا مَنْ بَخِلَ وَاسْتَغْنَى The one who is a greedy miser and thinks himself to be self-sufficient. So the one who is a miser, أَمَّا مَنْ بَخِلَ فَلَمْ يُعْطِ مَا أُمِرَ بِعْطَائِهِ 
So he does not give. The one who is a miser, he does not give from what he has been commanded to give from. He is greedy. وَاسْتَغْنَى أَيْ إِسْتَغْنَى عَنِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَلَمْ يَتَّقِ رَبَّهِ بَلْ رَأَى أَنَّهُ فِي غِنَى عَنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ He thinks he can suffice himself. He thinks he can suffice himself. That he is not in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he does not have taqwa and does not fear Allah. And وَكَذَّبَ بِالْحُسْنَى And he denies al-husna as we said before meaning the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the commandments that have come denies them. فَالْحُسْنَى بِالْقَوْلَ الْحُسْنَى وَهِيَ قَوْلُ اللَّهِ وَهِيَ قَوْلُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَقَوْلُ رَسُولِهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ And that is the statement of Allah and the statement of the Messenger. He denies them and belies them. So for that individual, فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْعُسْرَى That we will make smooth for him the path to evil. His path to evil will be opened up for him to continue upon that destruction. To continue upon that path of destruction. يَسِّرُ وَيَسَّرُ لِلْعُسْرَى فِي أُمُورِهِ كُلِّهَا His affairs are made complex and difficult, but the path to evil is smoothened out for him. وَلَكِنْ قَدْ يَأْتِ الشَّيْطَانُ لِلْإِنسَانِ فَيَقُولُ نَجِدُ أَنَّ الْكَافِرَ تَيَسَّرَ أُمُورُهُمْ But a person may say, or the shaytan may come and say to a person that, how is it that these people who are miserly and they don't fear Allah and they don't give their affairs are made difficult for them in this world? How is that when we see the kuffar living luxury, some of them? We see the kuffar, some of them living in luxury and with the ease in their affairs and facilitation in their affairs as it appears to us. نعم قد تيسر أمورهم لكن قلوبهم تشتعل نارا وضيقا وحرجا So even though the Shaykh says you may see that a particular disbeliever appears to have ease in his affairs, has luxury and wealth and other things, even if he has those things, the reality is, the Shaykh says, that his insides will be burning up, his heart will be burning up, and he will be in depression, and he will be in anxiety, and that is the way of the disbelievers. The way of the kuffar who do not have any remembrance of their Lord, then inside they are empty and hollow, and inside they are upon anxiety and depression, and that is what you see from many of them. Millionaires and they go and commit suicide. Millionaires have everything, facilitation, you have everything you want, all of your money, buy what you want, but they go commit suicide. Because inside they have nothing. So a person should not be deceived into thinking that 
the disbeliever, his affairs have been made easy for him and facilitated for him. The reality of those individuals is that inside they are upon destruction, even if outside it appears that they have facilitation. And so the luxury that they have, it is only a bodily luxury, physical luxury. Physically they have their mansion or physically they have their, their, their luxuries. Physically they have those things outwardly. But inwardly they have no blessing and they have no joy in their hearts. Inwardly they have nothing. It is only outwardly that they have that luxury that you see. And that is as a means of giving them their luxuries and giving them these, uh, this ease and facilitation in this world because then after that for whatever they might have done they are not going to receive any goodness on the day of judgment for it. So perhaps some of them they receive what they receive now and generally maybe the disbelievers they receive some goodness because this world is their paradise for them. This world is their Jannah, a limited, restricted, finite place. This is their Jannah for them. They live for this world, but the Jannah for the believers will of course be in the afterlife. There's a story here, as Shaykh al-Athameen mentions. He says, وَقَدْ ذَكَرُوا عَنْ ابْنِ حَجْرِ الْعَسْقَلَانِ شَارِحَ الْبُخَارِ بِالشَّرْحَ الَّذِي سَمَّاهُ فَتْحِ الْبَارِ وَكَانَ قَاضِ الْقُضَاهِ بِمِصْرِ أَنَّهُ مَرَّ ذَاتَ يَوْمٍ وَهُوَ عَلَى عُرْبَتِهِ تَجُرُّهُ الْبِغَالِ وَالنَّاسُ حَوْلَهُ مر برجل يهودي سمان يعني يبيع السمن والزيت ومن المعلوم أن الذي يبيع السمن والزيت تكون ثيابه وسخة وحاله سيئة فأوقف العرب وقال لابن حجر إن نبيكم يقول الدنيا سجن المؤمن وجنة الكافر فكيف أنا أكون بهذه الحال وأنت بهذه الحال فقال له ابن حجر على البديهة أنا في سجن بنسبة لما أعد الله للمؤمنين من الثواب والنعيم لأن الدنيا بنسبة للآخرة ليست بشيء كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لموضع صوت في الجنة خير من الدنيا وما فيها وأما أنت أيها اليهودي فأنت في جنة بنسبة لما عد لك من العذاب إن مت على الكفر فاقتنع بذلك اليهودي وصار ذلك سببا في إسلامه وقال أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله It's mentioned that Ibn Hajar Ibn Hajar who has the explanation of Sahih al-Bukhari Fatih al-Bari It's mentioned that on one occasion Ibn Hajar was sitting on his 
like the uh, chariot. What do you call it? Like behind the horse, the cart, huh? Carriage, like the carriage, huh? Like the carriage that is pulled with the the horse. The chariot is a bit more posh, but the normal carriage or the cart being dragged by the the animal. In this case, it was being dragged by the mule. And the people were around and about. And so Ibn Hajar was sitting on this carriage with the mule that was taking him along. And so that's comfortable, comfortable. And he came across a Jew who would sell lard or fat and uh, uh, oil. The, the lard, I think you call it, like the, the butter cream type of thing. And the oil, the ghee. Those kinds of things. And a person who sells that type of stuff, you're not going to be in a great condition getting the oil on you and the lard and the ghee and the smell. You're not going to be in a great condition if you're selling that type of thing. But that's what the Jewish person was doing. He was a person who sold those types of things. So he wasn't in a great condition with the lard and the ghee and the oil and things. But Ibn Hajar was relaxing in the carriage being pulled, drawn by the mule. So the Jew then said to him, or the Jew then stopped that carriage of Ibn Hajar and said to him, that your prophet says that this dunya, this world, is the prison of the believer and the paradise of the disbeliever. So how can it be that I'm in this state and you're in that state? That you are relaxing, sitting on this carriage, being pulled along, and me selling the ghee and the lard and the butter and the oil and all of this. And how can I be like this and you're like that? Your, your prophet says this world is supposed to be the prison for you and the paradise for the disbelievers. So then Ibn Hajar said to him, intuitively, smartly, he said to him, I am in prison. Relative to the reward that Allah has prepared for the believers. Because in this world, what is here compared to what is in the afterlife, this is nothing. That I am a prisoner relative to the reward that is prepared for the believers in the afterlife. Compared to the reward prepared for the believers in the afterlife, what level of luxury is it to be sitting in a cart being pulled along by a mule? Nothing. So he said, yes, in reality, I am in prison in this world. This is nothing. What Allah has prepared for us compared to that, this is nothing. It's like prison compared to what is prepared for the believers in the afterlife. And then he quoted the hadith about the four fingers worth or the whips worth in paradise is better than everything in this world and what is in it. And then Ibn Hajar said to him, as for you, you are in paradise here in this world. Relative to what you are going to receive in the afterlife. The punishment that has been prepared for you if you die upon kufr. That punishment prepared for you, then certainly you will think right now in this state of yours, you are in paradise. When you realize what is waiting for you for the one who dies upon kufr in the afterlife. And so he was highlighting to the Jew that you think you're in a bad state right now. 
selling the ghee and the lard and the, 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 the oil and it's on your clothes and the smell and you think this is a poor state to be in in this world the reality is you are in paradise right now because in the afterlife the punishment that will come if you die upon kufr you will think this is paradise your state right now and as for me you think this is paradise what is prepared for us in the afterlife for the believers then this is nothing this is like the prison this world in relation to what is prepared in the afterlife and so it is mentioned that the Jewish person uh, in this particular story this Jewish individual became convinced by this argument or this uh, explanation of Ibn Hajar and that he actually accepted Islam and uh, bore testification to the Shahadatain uh, and then after that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَمَا يُغْنِي عَنْهُ مَالُهُ إِذَا تَرَدَّى And what will his wealth avail him when he goes down in destruction? يعني أي شيء يغني عنه ماله إذا بخل به That what is going to help him or save him if he is miserly and greedy with his money? What is going to avail him after that? What is going to benefit him after that? Taradda ay halaka mal. Meaning when a person dies, then what will your wealth do for you? This wealth that you are being miserly with and you are gathering and you are hoarding and being greedy with and not giving, not fulfilling the rights of Allah, then what is that going to benefit you when you die? Then Allah mentions, Inna Truly on us is to give guidance. Wa And truly unto us belong the last, the hereafter, and the first, this world. So, Inna That indeed it is upon us. To guide, to give the guidance, fi hiltizam min Allah Azza wa Jal an yubayyin lil khalqi ma yahtaduna bihi ilayh. This highlights that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will certainly clarify to creation that which brings about guidance for them. How to be guided, Allah will explain that and present that to creation. وَالْمُرَادُ بِالْهُدَى هُنَا هُدَى الْبَيَانِ وَالْإِرْشَادِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ إِلْتَزَمَ عَلَىٰ نَفْسِهِ بَيَانَ ذَلِكَ حَتَّى لَا يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ عَلَىٰ اللَّهِ حُجَّةِ So Allah, and the point here, the meaning of this is the guidance of al-bayan wal-irshad, which is to guide the people to the truth and distinguish it from the falsehood, guide them to tawheed and distinguish it from shirk, that type of guidance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will certainly uh, present that to the people and give that to the people so that nobody has any evidence upon Allah on Yawmul Qiyamah to say that they were not given any uh, guidance, they were not given any uh, uh, indication of what the correct path is. Rather Allah gave us that. As Allah mentioned in the Quran, Inna awhayna ilayka kama awhayna ila nuhi wa nabiyyina min ba'di. 
that indeed we have revealed to you just as we revealed to Nuh and the prophets who came after him up until Allah mentioned Rusulam Mubashirina wa Munzirina li Allah yakuna linnasi ala Allah hujjah ba'da rusul and they come as messengers who give glad tidings and as plain warners glad tidings and warnings they came with so that there would not be for the people upon Allah any evidence after the coming of the messengers after the coming of the messengers there would be no evidence for anybody to claim or to cling on to that they didn't know فَلَا يُمْكِنْ لِلْعَقْلِ الْبَشَرِ أَنْ يَسْتَقِلَّ بِمَعَرِفَةِ الْهُدَى وَلِذَلِكَ الْتَزَمَ اللَّهُ عِزَّ وَجَلْ بِأَنْ يُبَيِّنَ الْهُدَى لِلْإِنسَانِ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا لَلْهُدَى وَلْيُعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْهُدَى نَوْعَانِ So it is not possible for mankind to independently work out what is the correct path. It is not possible within the intellectual capacity independently for mankind to work this out. Rather, Allah sent the prophets and messengers and sent the guidance and sent the revelation to highlight to us that correct path. And then the shaykh, he highlights that there are two types of guidance and we've done that many times before. So what are the two types of guidance? One, what we mentioned there. Al-Bayan al-Arshad and the other one al-Tawfiq. So one is the guidance, the general guidance of guiding people to the truth and distinguishing it from the falsehood. That is the guidance that all of the prophets and messengers gave. That is the guidance you can give to people. The other type is the, the Hidayah to tawfiq And that is the guidance from Allah. The inner enlightenment of the hearts. The inner guidance of the hearts. That is not something we can do. That is not something the messengers could do. That is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why it is mentioned, Allah said to his messenger, وَإِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ That indeed you guide to the straight path. That is the الدلالة والإرشاد. But then also after that it is mentioned, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتِ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ that you cannot guide whom you love, but Allah guides whom He wills. That is in terms of the at-tawfiq, the inner guidance, the enlightenment that is from Allah. وَإِذَا نَظَرْنَا إِلَى هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ الْكَرِيمَةِ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا لَلْهُدَىٰ وَجَدْنَا أَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ بَيَّنَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ بَيَّنَ مَا يَلْزَمُ النَّاسِ فِي الْعَقِيدَةِ وَمَا يَلْزِمُهُمْ فِي الْعِبَادَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarified all of the guidance to us what is necessitated upon the people in aqidah, in al-ibadah, in, in your belief, in your worship, fil-akhlaq, uh, in your mannerisms and etiquettes and morals, fil-mu'amalat, in your interactions with the people and dealings and trade and other affairs of such nature. وَمَا يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِمُ اجْتِنَابُهُ فِي هَذَا كُلِّهِ and also Allah clarified to us all of the things that you must abstain from too. حَتَّى قَالَ أَبُو ذَرْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ لَقَدْ تُوفِيَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَمَا طَائِرٌ يُقَلِّبُ جَنَاحِيهِ فِي السَّمَاءِ إِلَّا ذَكَرَ لَنَا مِنْهُ عِلْمًا That uh, the Prophet ﷺ died and there is not a bird uh, that flaps its wings in the sky, except that Allah gave, uh, that uh, 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 He mentioned to us 
some knowledge regarding it. That the messenger died and there is not a bird in the sky flapping its wings except that he gave us some knowledge regarding it. Meaning that all of the guidance regarding your affairs for all of the matters of your life, it was given to us. وَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ لِسَلْمَانِ الْفَارِسِيَ عِلَّمَكُمْ نَبِيُّكُمْ حَتَّى الْخَرَاءَ قال أجل علمنا حتى الخراء يعني حتى آداب قضاء الحاجة علمها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أمته There's a narration where on one occasion a mushrik came to Salman al-Farisi and he said to him that your messenger has taught you everything even about how to use the toilet Salman al-Farisi said to him absolutely absolutely he even taught us about the mannerisms and the etiquette of using the toilet uh, and so this highlights how every affair has been detailed to us in the religion. In the Quran where it mentions that on this day I have completed for you your religion and perfected my blessing upon you and I am pleased with Islam as your religion. Highlighting to us that all of the religion has been uh, conveyed and completed and uh, given to us. And this is the next ayah now then. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, And truly unto us, to us, belongs the last and the first. The first is this world here now and the last afterwards is the hereafter so to us belongs the last the hereafter and the first this world so here then يعني لنا الآخرة والأولى الأولى نعم. so for us is the afterlife and the first one and the first one, this world of this life, it is, it preempts or it is the introduction or the initial stage that then leads on to the afterlife. But then the question is, in the ayah, it says, That to us belongs the afterlife and this world. But this world chronologically comes first. Then the afterlife comes afterwards. But why in the ayah is the afterlife mentioned first and then this world mentioned second? Even though in the time zone chronologically this world is first, then after this world it will be the afterlife. So why is it mentioned in the other way around in the ayah? لفائدتين في هذه الآيه أخرها لفائدتين الفائدة الأولى معنوية والثانية لفظية أما المعنوية فلأن الآخرة أهم من الدنيا ولأن الآخرة يظهر فيها ملك ملك الله تعالى تماما and one of the, ben- uh, the benefits of it is firstly in terms of the meaning it is more, bef- uh, 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 more accurate or greater importance to mention the afterlife first because that is of the greater significance. The afterlife is of the greater significance and the greater importance over and above this world 
So that is mentioned first, and in the afterlife is where all of the dominion of Allah will become apparent. في في الدنيا هناك رؤساء وهناك ملوك وهناك أمراء يملكون ما أعطاهم الله عز وجل من الملك لكن في الآخرة لا ملك لأحد. In this world, there are people who are given authority. They are given kingdoms. They are given lands that they rule over. But then on the day of judgment, nobody will have any authority or kingdom or any type of control over the affairs. It will all be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day. لِمَنِ الْمُلْكُ الْيَوْمِ It will be said, whom, to whom does the dominion belong to today? لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ الْقَهَّارِ To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one, the omnipotent. فَلِهَذَا قَدَّمَ ذِكْرَ الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ أَجْلِ هَذِهِ الْفَائِدَةِ الْمَعْنَوِيَّةِ That is one reason why the afterlife is mentioned first then, because of the greater significance of it. As for the linguistic benefit of having Al-Akhirah mentioned first, أَمَّا الْفَائِدَةَ اللَّفْضِيَّةِ فَهِيَ مُرَاعَاتْ الْفَوَاصِلِ يعني أواخر الآيات كلها آخرها ألف It is because the ending of all of the ayat is with an alif. The endings of all of the ayats, they match. You can see, وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَى وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا تَجَلَّى وَمَا خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنْثَى إِنَّ سَعِيكُمْ لَشَتَّى فَأَمَّا مَنْ عَطَى وَاتَّقَى And then, بِالْحُسْنَى لِلْيُسْرَى وَاسْتَغْنَى بِالْحُسْنَى لِلْعُسْرَى تَرَدَّى so then it matches up to say Al-Ula. So it linguistically it matches up with an alif as all of the ayat, they finish with an alif. فَإِنْ قِيلْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ قَالْ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا لَلْهُدَى وَإِنَّ لَنَا لَلْآخِرَةَ وَالْأُولَى if it was said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned upon us is to give the guidance and to us belongs the hereafter and this first existence. What is the difference between them? Al-Jawab, Al-Farqu anna al-Huda iltazam Allah ta'ala bibayanihi wa idahihi lil-khalq. Amma al-mulk fahuwa lillahi mulku al-akhira wal-ula. So as for the guidance, then the point to understand regarding that is that Allah has obligated that He will certainly give that guidance to mankind. Certainly pass that guidance or present that guidance to mankind. As for saying that indeed the afterlife and the first life they belong to us, that is simply an affirmation of the dominion and the kingdom that all of it is under the control of Allah. And then it says, فَأَنذَرْتُكُمْ نَارًا تَلَظَّى Therefore I have warned you of a blazing fire. أَنذَرْتُكُمْ يعني خَوَّفْتُكُمْ نَارًا يعني بها نار الآخرة That I have warned you of a blazing fire in the afterlife. A blazing fire. وَلَهَا أَوْصَافٌ كَثِيرًا فِي الْقُرْآنِ وَالسُنَّةِ and there are many descriptions given regarding that fire in the Qur'an and the Sunnah in some of the previous surahs. We've already seen some of the descriptions regarding the hellfire. لا يصلاها إلا الأشقى None shall enter it 
except the most wretched of people except the most wretched of them that nobody will burn in it meaning the most miserable of people the most wretched of people uh, and being in this wretched and miserable state that is the opposite of being in asaada the state of bliss and joy and happiness these are the two opposites فالمراد بالاشقى يعني الذي لم تكتب له السعاده هذا هو هذا هو الذي يصل النار التي ترى الله so the one whom the bliss has not been written upon he is the one they are the ones who will burn in that blazing fire but who are they الذي كذب وتولى the one who denies and turns away التكذيب في مقابل الخير الخبر this denial this belayment it is in contrast or it is in line with connected to that news and information that came to them when that revelation and guidance came to them they rejected that that's where their denial was upon that revelation that was conveyed to them so the shaykh highlights that when the takdeeb is mentioned that is in relation to the information that came and when the tawalli is mentioned in the quran you see for man tawalla whoever turns their back or shuns away from that is in relation to the commandments and the prohibitions so when you see the the ayah saying kazzaba that is in relation to the revelation and when you see it saying uh, about tawalli faman tawalla then that is about turning away from the commandments and prohibitions fahada uh, so this individual he denied the information the revelation and didn't believe in it and for example qila lahu innaka satub'ath qala la ub'ath قيل له هناك جنة ونار قال ليس هناك جنة ونار قيل له سيكون كذا وكذا قال ما يكون so when it is said to him you will be resurrected he said I will not be resurrected there is no resurrection it is said to him there is <coughs> paradise and hell he says there is no paradise and hell it is said to him such and such will occur he says none of that's going to happen denies and rejects it that's takdeeb as for the that he turns away and shuns away from the worship and obedience of Allah. So he turns away and turns his back against what the messengers came with. That is the wretched one. And the pious they will be protected and far removed from that hellfire the pious and the righteous those who are upon the reality of taqwa to allah they will be distanced and removed from that fire those who spend he who spends his wealth for increase in self-purification 
يعني يعطي ماله من يستحقه على وجه يتزكى به أي يتطهر به he gives his wealth in order to receive purification for himself he wants that purification for himself so he gives his wealth in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to those who are deserving of it so الذي يؤتي ماله يتزكى يفيد أنه لا يبذر ولا يبخل وإنما يؤتي المال على وجه يكون به التزكية and so this indicates this type of person is not miserly the miserliness was given as a description of the other side the believer is not miserly but he gives as Allah has commanded for it to be given and he gives it as Allah has commanded for it to be given with sincerity not that he gives hating to give it that he gives it because he knows okay you have to give it it's the zakat but inside he has a disliking and a hating to that doesn't want to separate from his wealth that isn't the way rather he gives upon the way that Allah has commanded with that open heart with sincerity knowing that this purifies him without any disgruntlement in giving that money and then just one final thing at the end the sheikh highlights يجوز أن يتدين الإنسان ليتصدق Is it permissible for a person to take a loan to borrow money to give in charity? He hasn't got any money to give in charity so he borrows money to give in charity. Is it permissible to do that? The Sheikh says لا لأن الصدقة تطوع والتزام الدين خطر عظيم Giving in charity is superrogatory, it's optional. So a person does not necessitate upon himself a debt to do an optional act like that. So taking on a loan or a debt, that's not something easy, it's not something minor. And especially if you took a loan, you take 5,000 pounds as a loan, and then you give it in charity to do that action of worship. But then when you die, if you haven't paid it back yet, then that's going to affect, for example, your inheritors. Because that debt has to be paid off from your wealth before the inheritors get their share. So there are other implications too. And that's why the Sheikh says that is not done in that way. And then at the end, إِلَّا بَتِغَاءَ وَجْهِ رَبِّهِ الْأَعْلَىٰ وَلَا سَوْفَ يَرْضَىٰ so, uh-uh. And who has in mind no favor from anyone to be paid back, except to seek the countenance of his Lord, the Most High, he surely will be pleased, meaning when he enters paradise. Meaning you don't give just for the sake of uh, making up for some good thing somebody did to you previously. You're not giving that money as some type of recompense because he had done some good to you. You're giving that money to the one who deserves it, that wealth to the one who deserves it sincerely for the sake of Allah. So the one who does that, gives it, لا ينفق إلا طلب. وجه الله أي طلب الوصول إلى دار كرامة الله 
التي يكون بها رؤية الله عز وجل he gives it purely to arrive at and to get to paradise and to see Allah سبحانه وتعالى then that type of individual will certainly be pleased يعني سوف يرضيه الله عز وجل بما يعطيه من الثواب الكثير meaning that Allah سبحانه وتعالى will certainly please that individual with the great goodness and reward that he is given uh, the great goodness and reward that the person is uh, given in the afterlife for the good that he did and that is mentioned in surah al-baqarah مثل الذين ينفقون اموالهم في سبيل الله كمثل حبه انبتت سبع سنابل في كل سنبله 100 حبه والله يضاعف لمن يشاء والله واسع عليم that those who give from their wealth in the path of Allah is like a, a, a grain seed that grows seven uh, shoots or seven, uh, what do you call it? Ears. They grow seven ears. And from those seven ears on the plants, on the wheat and those kind of things, when they grow the seven ears as it's known as the seven shoots. Uh, uh, and so from them... Uh, uh, it grows the seven and then from each of those will be another hundred seeds uh, giving an example of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala multiplies and it mentions Allah multiplies for whom he wills and Allah is the one who is great and expansive in knowledge and that is what brings the end to this short tafsir of that particular surah and that's where we'll conclude for today then. And insha'Allah ta'ala, we'll begin with the next one next time. Uh, from next week insha'Allah ta'ala, wa shamsi wa duhaha.